Welcome to BNB Books and Banter, a podcast where we are currently reading through Brandon Sanderson's Stormlight Archive. This is Linda. And I'm Sarah. We are currently reading the second book, Words of Radiance. In this episode, we are with Kaladin, and also Dalinar, and Adeline. And Renard even makes an appearance. Chapter 5, Ideals. Did you want, do you have an image of the tattoos? Yes. Oh, I mean, it's nice to get the image, but also it explains the different elements of the, what goes into it. I like that freedom is basically wing-like. Yeah, and, and enormous, it's most of the tattoo. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Mm. And then we have bridge four. We have Colin and Tennant. Mm-hmm. So, which is technically who freed them and when. And also the year is in a stylized form. Also below that is Kaladin's forehead brands. So he has all three of those. Yeah. And then we have the bridge for insignia. So that would be stitched on, not branded. Yeah. Or tattooed. It's nice to have like a visualization of what they're supposed to look like. Glyphs are like that where it's like kind of thick. Mm-hmm. I can see why it would be hard to write them. Yeah. And why it would be shaky carved into, you know, Talonar's walls if you're not used to it. Yeah, that's true. It's just interesting. Very true. That's all I got on that. <laughs> okay. Well, the chapter ideals. Navani's quote. The sign on the wall proposed a greater danger, even, than its deadline. To foresee that the future is of the Voidbringers. So, you are correct. And as much fun as I had, like, slinging stuff around about who could have done it, it's definitely about the Voidbringers. Yeah. Well, as well as that they don't like predicting the future. They don't. So the fact that somebody has predicted the future on their walls is very dangerous to them. Well, again, it's a very exact date. Yeah. Which is still mind-boggling to me. Mm. Even predicting the high storms has some ambiguity associated. Mm. But this is in X number of days something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's related to Voidbringers. So how did they get this exact date? Yeah, we don't know. It has to be a very specific event. So to me, the only person who really has that information is the person who's triggering the event or whoever they are, organization or whatever. Mm-hmm. I agree. Can they come out and say it exactly what's happening, please? Exactly. So the start of this chapter is the proclamation going public and Kaladin having to listen to it repeatedly because he doesn't quite believe it, that they are um, basically requiring the High Princes to work in tandem and all gem hearts belong to the king and the king will divide up who gets what. Mm -hmm. 
think the, the sense you get throughout all of this, and I think Syl actually raises this as well, is like Kaladin's kind of waiting for something bad to happen to him. Yeah. And things like this, he, he immediately sees all of the negatives. How is this going to adversely affect everybody? Mm-hmm. How is he going to protect and do his job if Dalinar is proclaiming things like this? And as well as that, he is trying to train former bridgemen to become soldiers. And he's trying to organize, what, a thousand men into what took him months on bridge four. He has to do, he has to replicate over all the other bridges in a very short space of time. He doesn't realize how short until the end of the chapter. No. He's trying to basically divvy up responsibility and get them to try to get through to them through food. Right. Soul cast grain. Can you duplicate food? Apparently that's a thing. Huh. And I guess it has enough sustenance. Yeah. From the sounds of it, it doesn't sound very appealing. Or they don't really enjoy eating it. But not anymore. They're eating proper food from now on. Yeah, I can't imagine so casted grain having a lot of nutrients. Well, I'd say it has the bare minimum, but it probably doesn't taste anywhere near as good as normally grown food. Mm-hmm. That and if you're soul casting grain, it means you don't have much else. So it's probably very plain, just the grain, not a lot of other ingredients. Well, soul casting previously was a according to what we know, is fairly expensive. Mm. But the fact that Sadeus would rather feed them soul-casted grain versus actual grain means that they aren't able to get their supplies. It's more expensive for them to have mm. the actual item than to pay the expensive fee of getting getting food soul-cast. Yeah, I mean, they don't have fields or farming happening right around them. They are I assume importing everything from Alethkar. Yeah. They are they're reliant on their supply lines. And as we discover later in the chapter, there's quite a few bandits around. And then Sigzold decides to remind him that he promised mm-hmm. to allow Sigzold a chance to measure Kaladin's abilities. So what he's really looking for is the extent of the abilities, the length of time the stormlight remains. So stuff that we kind of had questions on, like how much Stormlight does he need before he starts glowing? And yeah, we're not the only ones that are curious. It's important to understand your limits. It really is to know what you can do and cannot do mm. and helps him to remain subtle, too. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Except Kaladin has now been channeling Stormlight unconsciously. Right now, where he's walking up to, is it the King's Palace? And he gets called out by the other soldiers because he's like, that's unfair. Because they're winded and tired and he's just strolling. You just used your soul like the entire way up here. <laughs> it's important that he learns when he is and isn't doing it as well, I think. It's a skill he needs to master. And then there's a um, conversation with still following Zigzal. Mm. She's wondering why he's not happy or happier. Right, because things are better than what they were before, but somehow Kaladin isn't happier than where he was before. Yeah, he's not laughing with his men or anything, even though they're the mood for them is clearly lighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they know they're not going on bridge fronts anymore. They're not going to die immediately. Mm. And they don't have Kaladin's responsibility. Yes. They have some responsibilities, but not Kaladin's. <laughs> Trying to explain that to Syl, 
is a little... She doesn't get it yet. Difficult? Yeah. But they also talk about the glyph on Delinor's wall, and it tickles mm. something in the memory. But what is to come, apparently, isn't of honor. Yeah. Basically still saying it's not of the honor spren, maybe? Because she's an honor spren. Right. So there's a clear division. Yeah, she sees a very clear division. Whatever's coming is not from the honor spren. Not something that she's familiar with, so therefore dangerous. Yeah. Kaladin has a straight thought where Syl is an honor spren, but she's still play acting, being a wind spren. Yeah, because it's fun. Kaladin, this is what fun looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Syl has her reason. I think so. She was an honor spren, and she sort of manifested as a wind spren. I guess if you don't choose windspring what would you choose the windspring is most i guess it would be easiest because it's just air right and it suits her, her personality as well she's very free yeah we then join sadeus deus and his moment with dalinar's old shard blade oathbringer well he decided to destroy a table with it which his wife was not very happy with his wife has been positioning spies in dalinar's support staff which is a very clever move very difficult to find out who's an enemy, who's spying, when you have such a major upheaval like that. And he does not agree with Proclamation. Of course not. He admits that what he actually wants to do is conquer Alethkar and then Jacobite. It's the conquering that makes him feel alive. Yeah. It's in direct confrontation with Dalinar. Not that they weren't already in direct confrontation, but that's like another set of things to be in confrontation about. So is Sadeus just going to rebel and overthrow the king? I don't think so. Sadeus is not the type to want to rule anything. He likes to control from the background. But now we just know what his end goal is going to be. Mm. We know what he'll try to influence in order to get his agenda through, which is going to be more conquest and getting out on the battlefield. Nothing stated here says what he is going to do about the Shattered Plains and the current war they are in. Yeah. He's missing a step there. Well, he's tired of this whole mini skirmish thing. It was entertaining for a while, but he's over it now. Now he just wants to get into the thick of things. So is he going to abandon the Shattered Plains? I think so, to be honest, because he's never going to get that direct confrontation with the Parshendi that he so wants. Because mm. what they've been doing is really more guerrilla warfare and skirmishes. Mm. So smaller fights and then limited terrain. Nothing like a siege that could potentially happen or, you know, a clashing of two armies on a plane. So pull out of the Shattered Plains, reconquer Lethkar, and then Jacobite. Okay. That seems to be the plan. Is it is Sadeus just going to take advantage of the discord that's happening, or is he helping Planet? Is this, I think that's too much for Sadeus to be doing. He's just going to take the opportunity. He's not creating the opportunity. Yeah, there's no vacuum of power there just yet. Just chaos. Just chaos, okay. We'll see where he wants to take us, but maybe he doesn't even get to take us anywhere if Delinor has his way. Mm, very true. Kaladin is obviously going to the castle to change guard with... Right. 
So here's something interesting. Kaladin apparently could have gotten Dalinar to employ all of Bridge 4 as surgeon's assistant because he had been training them for so long, especially with some of the bridge runs mm. with their injuries. Yeah, it was a good knowledge to impart, actually, on Kaladin's part. Something we didn't really think about, but Bridge 4 is pretty self-sustaining. Have medical training. That's an option that he didn't take. He didn't even consider it. He's being a surgeon is not on Kaladin's mind. He uses his skills where necessary, but he absolutely rejects the idea of him being a surgeon. And putting all of Bridge Four in a surgeon's assistance would put him in as that as well. Yeah, well, somebody would have had to train them, right? Yeah. I don't know if that's really a secret. Bridge Four obviously know that Kaladin is medical training. I don't think the rest of them do. Why would they? It's whatever Kaladin has trained them as so they can do field medicine. Mm. But he's never explained really to the men. That it's an option for them to take if they no longer want to be soldiers. And I don't think they've thought yeah. that they have enough training or enough knowledge to consider another path. Yeah. So it feels like Kaladin inadvertently chose this path for everybody. Not to say that yeah. Bridge 4 want to do anything else. They clearly want to be together. Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering if any of them would change their minds if they knew that there was a way out that they didn't know about. That is a good question. Would they leave Bridge 4, though, to do it? I don't think so. I don't believe so either. So maybe knowing that, Kaladin didn't even bring up the option mm. for discussion. Yeah. And then we have a mini confrontation in which Syl observed that Mosh is angry. Mm. We know that Syl hasn't been the best at figuring out expressions in general with Kaladin, figuring out what he's feeling. Syl isn't exactly known for paying attention to the people around Kaladin and what they're feeling either. Mm. So either Syl is more invested in Bridge 4 generally. I think so. I think that is correct anyway. That she's paying attention to people aside from Kaladin. Although she likes to tease Rock. That's because Rock makes it fun. But I think it helps as well that it's easier for her to understand the emotion Mosh is showing. Because it's a very simple emotion. He's just very angry. Mm. Now, it's odd to her because why would he be very angry? But it's easy enough to read as angry. Yeah. So I'm going to take this as a sign that Phil is growing and mm -hmm. is becoming more aware of the world around her versus the initial of just being solely focused on Kaladin. Yeah. As Kaladin has to take on more responsibility for these people, Syl is as well. I think it's good, though, because as Syl is learning these things, she's going to be pushing Kaladin to reevaluate a lot of his own relationships and interactions with the people around him, mm -hmm. which I hope will break him out of old habits. Yes, it's always good. Or at least ca cause him to question his own biases, mm. which will help him grow as a person overall. So all in all, I'm a fan of still paying more attention to the people around Kaladin. Yes. Speaking of biases, Kaladin addressing Dalinar as Sir instead of Right Lord. <laughs> Before we get there, I was going to point out that Mosh is the closest thing to a friend Kaladin has right now. Yeah, because Mosh doesn't treat him with reverence. He just treats him like a normal 
person. And the fact that he has to talk to Mosh and explain things. Because mm, Mosh pushes back. You can see, like, right there, he pushed back against that soldier. Even though the soldier was eventually polite to Kaladin. Right. Mosh went out of line in his response. And Kaladin had to pull him up on that and explain how they have to act now that they are soldiers. Versus Mosh is more instinctive, we deserve respect. Yes. And as Mosh said, he's not going to pretend he doesn't hate them. He's just, he will be civil. Well, that's all anybody can ask. Mm-hmm. Sorry, what were you saying about Dalinar? When Kaladin gets to the room and is addressing Dalinar, explaining where he's putting his men, he addresses Dalinar as Sir instead of Bright Lord, and Dalinar calls him out on it. Mm-hmm. The reason Kaladin gives is any man who he has called Bright Lord, he has lost respect for. He places more importance on calling someone Sir than Bright Lord, even though proprietary wise it's not right. He should be calling a Bright Lord. That's a bias that Kaladin has. I use one more reverently than the other. Yes. When I address you as Sir, I am respecting you. When I address you as Bright Lord, I am disrespecting you. <laughs> yeah, I'm giving you just your title. No respect or anything that comes with that. It's just your title and I'm going to call you that. Yeah. It's more distancing if you really think about it. Mm-hmm. That person is only just our title and nothing else. Yeah. Kaladin meets the king, discovers his paranoia as he's placing his men around the room, including out in the balcony. And the king discovers that Kaladin is a captain and a dark eyes. But he appreciates the attention that he is getting. Yes. And makes it feel taken seriously. Yeah, his paranoia isn't treated as crazily by Kaladin as it has been by others. Right, and Kaladin is in a position to act upon it without consequence, but there's things Kaladin can do to ensure safety Yes, that the king cannot do without looking weak. Like, he has appearances to keep up, mm. and he needs somebody who can execute his intent. Yes. So Kaladin fills that role really well. Mm -hmm. He's going to appreciate Kaladin's own attention to detail. Right. On guarding things and him. Yeah, Kaladin's got something to prove now that mm -hmm. now that his uh, defenses were breached once. He's oh yeah very serious about their protection. So he takes it as a personal affront that this had happened on his watch. Mm -hmm. Dalinar orders Kaladin to stay in the room so he can listen to the whole conversation, which is great for us because it means we get to listen to the whole conversation. Back to like what you were saying before, where Dalinar had released that proclamation without letting Kaladin know, mm -hmm. it's harder for him to do his job, right? Yes. And now Dalinar is working to remedy that. Yes. By having him present for what's being discussed here. So long term, perfect. Yeah. Because this is going to have consequences that Kaladin needs to be aware of. Mm -hmm. And Kaladin even suggests something. <laughs> Kaladin's making it harder for himself. Yeah, he is. So yes, apart from Dalinar and the King, obviously Adeline and Renarin show up. And Vani. And, and General Cal and his wife. Yeah, and Kaladin notices the group dynamics. Mm. Dalinar acts like he's the King. Yes. And everyone does as well, either because they respect his knowledge or his prowess on the battlefield. And his experience, too. 
this is like a very intimate setting. So this is the real dynamic between of how Alethkar is being run. Yes. Where Dalinar is stepping forward more and pushing his agendas. And honestly, it's kind of unfortunate that conflict with the king as soon as Dalinar's agenda doesn't line up. Or if he can no longer convince the king that his agenda makes mm. the most sense. Yeah. Kaladin sees the spark of, I guess, a potential conflict waiting to happen. Yeah. And she's right to include Kaladin in this, since Kaladin's supposed to be guarding him. We do see Adeline treating Kaladin with very little respect. But Kaladin also thinks Adeline's a spoiled little boy, so I think it's mutual at the moment. Right. But Dalinar's plan, though, is time to unleash Adeline. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited about this. They've decided they need to humiliate the High Princess a little. Which is true. They need to be put in their place. And in order to do that, what they're going to do is take all the shard blades away from them. So they can no longer be on an even power field. Yeah. So who better than the Adeline who specializes in dueling? And who has been itching to duel for a long time? I'm so excited. <laughs> it's going to be so exciting. Yeah. I like this plan, though. I think this is very different from the Dalinar we've known up until now. This is a more a political move. Yes. Nobody else could have done this because, or will be able to do it as successfully as he is in the position to do so, mm -hmm. because Adeline is so good at dueling. Yes. And he's also relatively, I'd say, unknown as a fighter because he hasn't been able to duel with people. Yes. So people don't really know how good he is. Versus before, the way Dalinar had, it's not even just Dalinar, Dalinar Gavilar went about uniting Lothkar is a full-on war and mm -hmm. to bring them into the wings. And that is no longer Dalinar's first instinctive maneuver. No. Instead, now this is more political. Instead of a direct confrontation, he is going to do this somewhat sneakily to go and claim resources that allow these high princes to be on equal footing with him. Like he's reducing their political power and military power because without those shards, they cannot fight the same way. It's a little bit of a roundabout way that he's getting this done versus a direct confrontation where he'll just snatch the shards away. Hmm with a lot more death of soldiers on either side because of that confrontation. Yeah, at least with the duels, there shouldn't be any deaths. They don't duel to, to the death. No, they don't. That and it doesn't force the reality that the other high princes aren't really kings anymore. Mm. They can't just throw their weight around and get what they want. Yeah. Because if he does that, then all the other high princes will band together, right? And then they'll have that confrontation we're talking about. So this is a very different approach to resolve the situation that up until this point isn't really Dalinar's style. I'm wondering how much of that is Navani's influence and how much of that is having those visions and having to follow the way of king. The codes. That's influencing this decision. Navani's definitely a major influence, and all the visions that he has been getting, especially. That forces him to think more creatively because he wants to preserve as much of Lothkar's people and resources as possible. Yeah. I can't imagine Sadeus thinking Dalinar would execute this particular strategy, and it might even take 
two or three high princes losing their shards before Hadeus even catches on because it's so, mm. so different. And initially, it looked like Adeline's finally lost it with his father. Like, I'm going to go on duel. Mm. Well, dueling is against the codes, but I think he's sort of justifying it within himself as in the high princes are not respecting the king. But Adeline's been spoiling for a fight for some of the things they've been saying about his father. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Given how young and hot-headed Adeline generally is, I don't think people will be too surprised if he's, like, lost it and decided, I'm going to duel regardless of. Yeah. And suffer the consequences from Dalinar later. Yeah. Is honestly a very elegant solution to... Quite a problem they have. But of course, Dalinar doesn't isn't going to stop there. He announces his other plan, which is bringing back the Knights Radiant. <laughs> Just drops it in there casually. Right. It's a good thing everyone else was in as much shock as Kaladin was. And Kaladin's like, he's onto me. He knows. He saw me. He knows. It's like, no, actually, Kaladin, he has no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't. And see, this is kind of where we start. Simply naming someone a Radiant will give them fanciful powers. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. <laughs> Little do you know, poor Adeline getting a wake-up call. Yeah, that's gotta be good. I can't wait to see that. And then, obviously, Dalinar gives Kaladin more work. Right. Guarding the king is now going to be Kaladin's new duty. As if he weren't already strapped for men trying to protect... Dalinar and his sons and Navani. Now we're throwing the king in the mix. Yeah. Because he's got so many people trained. So many. And that's when we learn that Dalinar intends for the king's guard to be merged. So he could put his own soldiers on guarding the king. And this is where Kaladin's like, by the way, you have to do this, this, and this. Or like, sorry, Dalinar is to Kaladin. Train your guys. <laughs> we want eventually to have your people. They said you weren't, they weren't going to see action that early yeah like, yeah but <laughs> but like we need these things and unfortunately kaladin does understand that this is a real need mm -hmm. it's not the battlefield which is the best that dalinar can promise yeah but this way it's a safer duty but they're still able to employ force as needed for these situations mm -hmm. you need trained people to do it at some point yeah, and he has told them that he can patrol for bandits, which is a useful training tool for all of these new so new soldiers who need a safe environment to a safer to learn how to be a soldier and to get experience in combat. Mm -hmm. Oh, poor Kaladin! <laughs> Kaladin is who is this man? <laughs> who is Dalinar? You know what? Dalinar doesn't know either. If it makes you feel any better, Kaladin, I don't think that would make Kaladin feel any better. You pretend that it does. <laughs> <laughs> and next time, we're going to be with Shalon in chapters six and seven. Double chapter. <laughs>